on this edition of the Iowa Business Report. You know, there's some positive things that you can do here in Iowa, and our quality of life is second to none. Governor Kim Reynolds says Iowa is open for business. She'll tell us why that's the case. A new survey of bank CEOs is generally positive. And in our business profile, wireless technology to enhance rural biosecurity and infection control issues. This is the Iowa Business Report for the third weekend of June 2023. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. Here is Jeff Stein. The Iowa Association of Business and Industry gathered more than 500 folks for their annual Taking Care of Business conference this past week. This year's event was held in downtown Cedar Rapids and again featured Iowa's governor as the event's luncheon speaker. After her remarks, I asked Governor Kim Reynolds for specifics on why she says Iowa is open for business. First of all, our low cost of doing business, our low cost of energy. We are cutting taxes and reducing regulations. Manufacturing especially is the highest sector of our GDP coming in at about 19%. And so we constantly look at the regulatory environment. We want to keep things safe, but we don't want to have it shutting down business. We have a skilled workforce, second to none. We're known in Iowa for our work ethic. And every single business is struggling for workers. And every single state is experiencing that same challenge. I talked about uh, to the members how Iowa leads the nation in registered apprenticeship programs and work-based learning programs. We have more apprentices than any other state, and those individuals and communities all across our state are going from high school to the community college to the employer, that biz- that relationship, and into a lot of times into the business. So it's keeping our kids in our communities. It's providing them a great career, no debt. And if they want to advance in that career, they certainly can. So we there's a lot of reasons why Iowa is a great place to do business. And we're developing that workforce, to your point, at a younger age. Hearing these individuals, these companies that are partnering with the initiatives you've started to bring those in high school and because again nothing wrong with a college education at all but if you don't know what you want to do or if you have aptitude in other areas you can really set yourself apart and set your family up for success. Oh, for sure. And you can test run multiple careers. Like you said, maybe you're not sure what you want to do. You maybe never thought about going into IT or healthcare or the skilled laborers. But to get those kids in these businesses and see the technology and, and really the robotics and the things that's a different. My dad was in manufacturing for 40 years at John Deere. It's a different environment today with all the technology and robotics. And so it's important for kids to see what that looks like. There's a business climate that you need to have. You obviously have to have the workforce, and you just discussed how to develop that. But where do we stand now? Where should we be going with regard to individual and corporate taxes and, Uh of course, property taxes? Uh Well, I love what we've done with individual. You know, we've gone from nine brackets, 898, to 3.9 flat and fair. We're no longer taxing retirement income. I have individual after individual that says that we're changing our plans. We're going to stay in Iowa. So we may go south for the winter, but we're going to continue to be an Iowa resident. Corporate tax is going from 12 down to 5.5, uh, again, flat. And so we were able in the last week of the legislative session 
resolution to finally come to a compromise on property tax. But both chambers and myself have said that this is just the beginning. While we started to cap the growth and then we provided some relief for elderly property owners as well as our men and women who serve in the military, uh, there's more that we need to do and we just needed more time to do it. And so we will be focusing on that this legislative session. Probably the problem is, you know, you need to just start from scratch, which is a hard thing to do. Every time you try to tweak it, one area, it, it, it costs you someplace else. And I think property tax reform doesn't mean that the state comes in and takes over all the payments. We have to fundamentally think about how we use our property taxes to provide services. We did a comprehensive realignment alignment bill this last legislative session where I actually cut 21 agencies from my cabinet. We went from 37 down to 16. And I'm hoping that I can be a role model for our local governments to do the same thing. And I felt like we needed to get our house in order before we would ask them to do that. But, you know, $213 million savings over four years, and that's conservative. And that's money that can go back to Iowans in reduction or into services instead of through, like, the administration and through bureaucracy. So there's a lot of opportunity there. The response from citizens I trust when you've lowered taxes has been positive. I can't imagine too many people who raise their hands and say, I would love to have the government take more of my money. No, no, no. That's very, especially, I'm telling you, the retirement tax. Uh, I've been working on that for a long time, and to be able to finally get it done. But again, uh, it's because our fiscal health is strong, and the reason that we were able to do that, not only have we been able to put historic funding into private priorities, education, mental health, broadband, housing, but we've kept our spending in check, and that's the only way that you can continue to bring down taxes. So we spend 82% of uh, available revenue, and that's allowed us to keep our fiscal health strong, continue to grow the revenue. We have a good, healthy surplus, and so it's time. We're over-collecting, once again, and so it's time to give that that over-collection back to the um, taxpayers. And so, again, we'll, we'll come back next year, hopefully, and bring down individual um, income tax taxes even further. One of the challenging issues is how do you maintain a certain quality of life that we as Iowans have come mm-hmm. to expect while at the same time you grow, while at the same time cities grow, but yet not at the expense of rural areas. And I know the state works hard to introduce itself as a good place to do business in a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. But that is a balance, isn't it? Because every cornfield that's taken out of production, yeah. that's a problem. Yeah. So talk about the things that go into your mind as governor as you try to balance all these competing interests. Well, I mean, that's why I said it's important. Iowans have an expectation that we fund priorities that are important to them. Education is one of it. We need to make sure that we're, you know, child care is an issue. Broadband mental health continues to be a big issue. So you have to be able to fund the priorities, but at the same time, keep your spending down, bring new people to the state. We had a, we've, for the first time in a decade, we had a positive net migration in about 5,400 people, 64, 5,400. I'll get you that figure. Uh, it went up by a lot. And, uh, we're, and that's the key point. And that's the key. We need people moving here. Yeah. And, you know, Illinois has lost over 230,000 people have left the state. Minnesota is experiencing the same thing where we're seeing people come. So I've been appreciative that I feel like our national profile is rising. People are, for the first time, maybe discovering Iowa, the great quality of life that we have, the low cost of just not only doing business, but living. Uh, we're like in the top five for young people that actually own a home. And think about the investment that they've made by owning a home. And so, you know, there's some positive things that you can do here in Iowa. And our quality of life is second to none. But you're right, you have to balance all that. I think we're trying to do a pretty good job of that. Governor Kim Reynolds and I spoke in Cedar Rapids this past Wednesday afternoon. Still to come... 
positive but slow economic growth. And later, companies working together to bring top technology to rural operations. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. Hey, good buddy. You got your ears on? This is Michael Swanger with Iowa History Journal. Remember those old home bread TV commercials from the 1970s and the hit song Convoy? Well, get your rear in gear and head over to Hy-Vee, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, or Mills Fleet Farm to read about country music legend C.W. McCall in the May-June issue of Iowa History Journal. You can also travel the internet highway and get your copy at iowahistoryjournal.com and subscribe today. Support for the Iowa Business Report comes from the Iowa Business Council, a nonpartisan nonprofit organization working to elevate Iowa's economy through leadership, research, and advocacy. Learn more and review the latest quarterly member survey by going to iowabusinesscouncil.org. After declining below growth neutral as recently as this past March, Dr. Ernie Goss of Creighton University reports that the overall rural Main Street index for the month of June reached the highest level in the survey since May of last year. The monthly survey is of bank CEOs in rural areas of a 10-state region, including Iowa, areas that are dependent on agriculture and or energy. 50 is the growth neutral level, and the new number is 56.9, the third straight month of growth positive numbers. Dr. Goss notes that after negative growth during the first quarter of the year, the second quarter was marked by positive but slow growth. Things are not quite as robust, though, in Iowa. The trend is still positive. The Iowa number for June rose to 51.7. That's up from 50.8 in May. Dr. Goss notes that Iowa exported $2.1 billion of agriculture and livestock products in 2022. That's a 4.3% growth from the year before. Coming up, these rural systems always have a strong signal. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. More than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio for their news, weather, sports, and a community connection. It's the backbone of the emergency alert system. It's critical that we keep AM radio in cars, because when cell and internet services are down, this free emergency service could be your only lifeline. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress we need AM radio in cars. Message and data rates may apply. You may receive up to four messages a month, and you may text stop to stop. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa, educating, guiding, advising, and coaching Iowa businesses. Search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook and get more at AdvanceIowa.com. The 10,000 folks from around the globe who attended the World Pork Expo at the Iowa State Fairgrounds earlier this month got to talk with the founders of a Red Oak, Iowa-based company, JBI Distributors and Services. The topic, a unique product they are offering with the help of another company, GXC. I connected with representatives from both companies for this week's business profile. Craig Steen is CEO of JBI Distributors and Services. 
Sean Horan is Vice President of Sales for GXC. I asked Craig Steen to tell us about Iowa's JBI. Well, we've been around about six years. I started the company based in Red Oak, Iowa. And association with Red Oak is where I grew up. I've realized that when we started the biosecurity side of JBI, which is really our focus, at the heart of the Midwest is really where we wanted to be focused on and operate. We are a national company. We provide biosecurity solutions, which is in the form of disinfecting. And also, in this case, in the discussion today, is around cybersecurity. What that all means, it kind of go together. It's the fact that in livestock growth and livestock production of our food supply, and specifically we're talking about chickens and pigs and cows and dairy, is that there is a fundamental area of concern in raising livestock. It's always been there. And that is really to assure the biosecurity side of things. And that is prevention of disease, viruses, intruders, and the safety of not only the animals from an animal welfare perspective, but also the safety of the humans and the laborers that have to be in operation within these farms. So that's really what we're all about. We provide product and solutions that are in those areas and really address those producers in those operations. So, Sean, GXC, tell us about your company and how that ties with the Red Oak Base of Operations for JBI. So, GXC, essentially, uh, we began in 2016, basically in the, in the basement of uh, UT Austin, uh, with a professor and two graduate students in physics. Our core technology is photonics. And if you know what photonics is, it's, uh, it's way over my head, but essentially it's, it's interference cancellation using light and manipulation of photons. That translated into being able to do a mesh network over private cellular. So we offer today a private cellular solution in addition to that a mesh component of that. Now, what we mean by private cellular, private cellular, if you think about public cellular, public cellular, most people use that are larger the carriers that are connected to towers and it's very geared towards uh, consumer uh, applications. Well, now it has become cost effective to actually run and operate your own private cellular network that can be cost effectively done similar to Wi-Fi on-premise, for example, in your farm or your production facility. What we mean by private is that all the data resides on-site, never goes to the cloud. You have full autonomous uh, and control of that data. And the technology that is used is cellular, which if you think about cellular, it is inherently encrypted on top of being private. So think of uh, you know SIM cards and the the end user devices that people use. This is very much in line with the cybersecurity component for live producers, where they can now own and, and operate and manage and retain all of their data and not having to rely on an outside source 
or a cloud provider or a carrier to be able to do what we do. And we provide a technology and a platform to be able to do that. So, Craig, it would seem to me that for those of us who might be concerned about control of data, might be concerned about outside security hacks, this is a real good solution that then ties to what? Monitoring animal operations to make sure that nothing nefarious is taking place? You are exactly right. Not that these elements weren't there before, but advancement in technology, as Sean described, just allows us to get forward and better operations. And um, I'd have to also say one of the big things that we're all pretty much aware of is the lack of labor forces across the United States and various types of industries. Livestock production is probably been hit even harder in a lot of perspective. That being said, technology really gives us the the ability to wrap our head around it and do more with less from a personnel standpoint. Now, this also would provide monitoring so that you make sure that, for example, power is not knocked off to a barn on the opposite side of your property. I mean, this gives you some real-time monitoring, but it also allows you, does it not, to cut down on some of the clutter? In other words, if I go to a a big celebration, let's say, everybody's on their cell phone, I can't get a signal. Craig, this would allow you the consistency you need to properly care for the animals, correct? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Better operations means better animal welfare. I like to emphasize that. I think it's very critical as consumers and more focus from consumers goes about that monitoring then goes right and addresses the safety and the welfare of the animals, as well as, like I said before, the efficiency overall of the operation. So, Sean, folks may be familiar with various things that JBI does. If they are interested in this concept of private cellular or something that they may not know, You provide the technology to a JBI. People work through JBI, and they're getting the services that GXC has developed and provided. Is that the way that if someone's listening says, boy, I want to get online with this private cellular, they're going to use your technology from GXC, but they're contacting uh, one of your partner vendors like JBI, correct? That's correct. Do you find that this is something that people have known about? In other words, the concept of private cellular, or is there a confusion between, well, I've got my router locked down, and so therefore I've got my private network. We're talking about some very different technology, are we not? Very different. Uh, we, we believe Wi-Fi is there. It's going to remain uh, specific use cases, especially in a carpeted environment, in an office environment, static location in a consumer or office environment carpeted, as we would say, it's going to remain probably the go-to technology, right? Where it falters is in the case of mobility. So technically, it doesn't move from a, you know access point or router to router very well. And actually, not at all. It doesn't move. Outdoor connectivity is very difficult. And if you've ever tried to connect to a public Wi-Fi, they're like, great, we offer it. And uh, you can never get on. You don't know. You, know, you could see it, but you, you, you can't use it. And probably you probably wouldn't want to uh, in these days because you don't know who's actually providing that service and therefore the security aspect of it. 
really private cellular has come to fruition over the past four to five years. We use a different band. Uh, it was actually allotted by the uh, DOD, the government, to allot a shared spectrum, and it's called CBRS, Citizens Broadband Radio Services. And there's a portion of it that can be used, and we provide the technology that rides on that. That cellular piece is that encryption is just like we've been doing for decades with SIM cards and actual physical keys to be able to access that network. That's all new. And the ability to not only do that at a very cost-effective way, most people think, oh, this carrier and the billions of dollars that it takes to run it. No. Now we've gotten the technology down to almost on par with what a, running a Wi-Fi system would be. And then you're able to use the advantages of private cellular. So it's relatively new. Not a lot of people understand it or let alone know of it. But when they hear about it, they're like, hey, you know, this, I could, I, I've got a lot of use cases that I can't get Wi-Fi to work. I'd love to use this. Craig Steen, CEO of Red Oak-based JBI Distributors and Services, online at jbidistributors.com. And Sean Horan, Vice President of Sales for GXC, online at gxc.io. We spoke via Zoom on Monday, June 12, 2023. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can listen to all or part of today's program by going to totallyiowa.com and clicking on the radio programs link. That's where you'll find podcasts of full interviews with many of the folks you hear on this program. They're listed as IBR Extras and IBR Business Profiles. And we're also found on all the major podcast distributors, 19 now in all. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa, providing business solutions and support to small to medium-sized businesses. Let's work together. More at AdvanceIowa.com and search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook. We welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at totallyiowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a prosperous week. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com.